0: Already this is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Grabbed all near side room, 35-30, cuts back between the hashes, 25-20, there he goes, veering right, 10-5, end zone, touchdown Packers! Chase Miller
1: and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Chrisman passed the 45, trucks the defender at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, can he go, 15-10-5, touchdown! 60-yard rush by Caleb Chrisman, and the Deacons hit Painter for the first time
0: tonight. Play action, Harless looking left, now looks right. He'll fire deep far side, Vasquez leaping catch at the 30-yard line. There he goes with a 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Warburgs. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this?
1: A good Wednesday evening. Welcome to Prep Spotlight, our first November edition coming up here in just around the corner. We'll get to game seven of the World Series with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros. But before then, well, it is football, football, and football. And Brad will talk about some of the games we have coming up on our properties later this weekend. Also, Tom Mix will be joined the program, kind of recapping the fall sports so far in the state of North Dakota and previewing what's to come as well. But before then, Brad, the Far gonna be very busy this weekend. Very very busy next weekend with the Dakota bowl and then even more busier with state volleyball in North Dakota coming to town. But I know on the Minnesota side, a lot of section titles on the line coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah.
0: It's kind of fun that uh, they've got a facility like this at their disposal on the uh, Minnesota side. And then when they get into the, uh, State quarters are kind of dispersed all over the place. Uh, the, kind of the, the the rule of thumb is needs to be neutral site on turf, and there's plenty of those. from Alexandria to Minnesota Morris to you know go on down the line, St. Cloud State. But yeah, you got the dome uh, in going to be invaded by a number of things. You, you got some of the ones that stick out for me tomorrow. You've got uh, you talked about Section Six and Nine Man, uh, Norman County East, Ulan hit it all in Nevis and. Nevis held off Wobbin 6-0. Uh, East Yuland hit it all, beat Rossay by a touchdown last week. That's going to be a fun one. That's the 12-30 game. Uh, you've got Kitson County Central and Stephen Argyle. Fertile Trammie and Monoman, kind of the last go-around for Monoman before they start the co-op with uh, Wobbin. It's going to be the Thunderbirds beginning next year, which uh, the colors and the uh, logo look pretty cool there from what the initial look there. And 8-3 eh, Pequot Lakes really took it to DGF. That was surprising uh, to me that they that they handled the Rebels the way they did. They get Perm in the uh, section uh, finals there. Then a handful of games on Friday, some of the ones that uh, stick out to me. 6A got a really good matchup, two state-ranked teams, uh, Ada Bort, Norman County West the first year that co-op has gone really well, facing an Otter Tail Central team that was a really a team that got to this point a lot in AA football, getting dropped to A, and they're dominant. They have played a lot of – they played a 2A school. They beat a 3A school in Thief River Falls. Uh, We'll see if that strength of schedule plays a factor. That's going to be a fun one, and then you get Holly Barnesville Part 2 to wrap things up Friday night about 8.30.
1: You can't ask for much more if you're a high school football fan, I think, in the region, than just buy a ticket and sit there for about seven, eight hours, Brad. Because the quality of play during this time of the year, as you mentioned, another win you get at the quarterfinals, and for some of these guys, another, you're two wins away from playing at US Bank Stadium potentially. And it always kind of seems we've had a, a team or two around this region find their way to the state semifinals and possibly playing for a prep bowl championship down in the Twin Cities, Brad.
0: Yeah, last year, you know, DGF and Barnesville uh, got got down there, and uh, you know, it's it's. Trying I think the last team, it's been a few years since we've had a team get to the Prep Bowl. I think Wobbin did a few years ago in nine, man, if memory serves. But uh, been pretty well represented. But uh, we're going to talk about this with Tom a little bit, and uh, we will as well. Once we get to the Dakota Bowl on the North Dakota side, I we're guaranteed a great matchup. I mean they, these semifinal matchups and these section final matchups all are really impressive. I think some of those you expected, and there's maybe a team or two that maybe came out of the woodwork a little bit. But it's, uh, I guess, it, if you're if you're a prep football fan either side of the river, if you just want to go watch a good game, you're gonna you got a lot of options.
1: It's gonna be one of those fun things, and a little bit later on we'll get to the North Dakota matchups. But Brad, quickly before we take a break, to Tom Mix, I know the volleyball side's getting heated up too on the North Dakota front. We're just a week away from the EDC tournament, from the WDA tournament, from the Class B region for some of these super region tournaments going on out there. And I know in Region 1, the pairings have been set, Brad. So who might be a favorite or two in Class B in terms of the Region 1 tournament moving forward?
0: Well, Central Cass has really played well. They had one hiccup uh, early in the year in the region. They lost to Richland, but they have really, uh, really played well. They had a good setter in Peyton Richter. They've got Kiefer and Lily Pyle up front. Kenzie McKinnon's a nice player. Northern Cass has played well. They um, had a little bit of a shakeup roster-wise about midway through the year, and they have responded very well. Lisbon's got a real good set, a setter and op, and Elizabeth Lyons, who's up over, uh, basically has been one of the all-time best players in school history there. They're the three seed. They get a first round by, but Oak Grove is a team that could maybe surprise, maybe Richland as well. Uh, you'd be looking at a potential central cast, maybe Richland or Oak Grove, in a semifinal, which would be interesting. Uh, Richland beat central cast in the regular season. Um, region 2, you got Thompson at Mayport CG and Park River. You know, if, is, is Thompson the favorite there? Can Lamore do it out of Region Three? You know, it could be Lamore and Medina that could be the two top teams in that region. You got Langdon up in Region Four. I got some of the usual suspects, but you know, a little closer to home, one's going to be wide open. Um, really, two's got the look at they, it. Could be. Two or, two or three teams that could go to state as well.
1: And in Class A, just about 60 miles west or 90 miles west, depending on which team you like, congratulations, goes out to the Jamestown Blue Jays. They're the conference champs out of WDA and the Valley City Highliners with the win over Devil's Lake the other night. They just earned the number two seed in the EDC and a bye. so there's some good volleyball in the Buffalo City and the City of Bridges there, Brad.
0: Yeah, the Highliners have won, I think, what, seven or eight mm-hmm. matches in a row in EDC play. Got a big win over Davies over the weekend to solidify that two spot. so yeah. West Fargo, Valley City, and Davies uh, in that one-two-three spot, but you can't uh, you can't forget about Shanley. You can't forget about Devils Lake. I mean, that's uh, it's one of those two where you got probably the same applies out west. But I know in the EDC, five or six teams probably and you know, I'll have a realistic shot out of, to get those four spots for State.
1: This is Prep Spotlight. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson with you here. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get to Tom Mix, talk a little North Dakota High School Athletics with the Media Specialist with the Activities Association. Again, we will join in progress game number seven of the World Series once this show is done at around 7.30 right here on 740 The Fan. Welcome back to Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. We go to our Matt's Automotive Service Center fan line, and with us now is Tom Mix with the North Dakota High School Activities activities association he is the media specialist for tom he has to deal with brad and i on a daily basis asking about inquiries about upcoming tournaments and events and uh tom how are you doing on this wednesday evening
2: yeah it's been great uh it, it's uh, that time of year for all these activities Uh, starting up and really heating up in the postseason, and I'm staying busy.
1: I know we'll get to a little bit of the Dakota Bowl, which is next week. Also, uh, volleyball up and down the Red River Valley. They're starting to get into their conference tournaments and get to state as well, which will be in the Fargo Dome November 16th through the 18th. But what are some of the things uh, that you've been covering from boys' soccer to girls' golf, cross-country, boys' tennis? We've already crowned a number of uh, champions across the state of North Dakota, Tom.
2: Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, more than half of the – sports are are already wrapped up and uh, we're heading into the final weeks here of the fall season but uh, to recap this last month it started off with Class A Girls Golf. Uh, Grand Forks Red River won uh, that tournament uh, for Class A Girls Golf and uh, they were led by their senior standout Morgan Hetleved. She did a very good job of definitely staying with the course. Uh, She kind of knows that uh, golf course like the back of her hand uh, that's uh, Grand Forks Red River's home course and they played uh, pretty pretty well uh, in terms of uh, some of the conditions the first day might have been a little uh, intimidating for some golfers but uh, I think overall that was a really good tournament and event for us. Following it up, uh, the next weekend was boys tennis and boys soccer. Boys tennis uh, saw Fargo South winning the team championship behind a pretty good effort by Davis Lawley uh, for Fargo South, definitely a special player. But as well as some of their doubles teams had to really come up big, that was fun to watch. Uh, It came down to Fargo South and Grand Forks Central. There was a lot of great tennis played there Thursday night. I got to see it firsthand. There's a lot of talent out there. Fargo South came out on top there for the team championship, so that was uh, pretty nice to see. In Jamestown that same weekend was boys' soccer bismarck uh, took the prize there bismarck had a solid team that was uh featured a lot of depth i think they had a lot of talent and uh, they were able to definitely show that there and led them to a state championship and then this last weekend in valley city we uh, had the cross-country meets definitely was a uh, Pretty good day for it. Uh, we had a little bit of a delay in the morning, but uh, I thought it went really well. The weather turned pretty pretty nice out uh, after a while. Four uh, champions were crowned in the individual side. Kelby Renus from Mandan won the Class A girls championship. Then in Class A boys, Evan Saylor from Bismarck Century won that bo- won that race. Reagan Basler for the Class B girls won her individual race, and Javen Hale. Uh, for Newtown, won the Class B boys on the team side of things. Fargo Davies girls won a very narrow uh, team race. Bismarck Century boys repeated in the Class B ranks. No surprises there. Newtown won the B boys, and Hillsboro Central Valley won the B girls.
0: You touched on it a little bit, Tom, about with South winning in boys tennis, and uh, I don't want to say it's a changing of the guards, but they have uh, you know Red River's dominated for a number of years going back to your your days as a as a sports writer in town but you know yeah. south winning two out of the last three years hillsborough central valley wins again cross country wise that's been a dominant program uh, for a number of years uh both boys and girls but especially on the girls side and you know the one thing that was a surprise i think a lot of people looked at state soccer maybe looking at maybe a west fargo or a shanley and uh, you know ended up being bismarck and davies in the finals i don't think a lot of a lot of people expected that
2: that was a surprise, but, uh, in any tournament, uh, anything can happen. And I think the teams that may have been just a little bit deeper when it came to, you know, subbing out players, maybe late in a, uh, late in a half, that's what it may have come down to. But I just think, uh, overall Bismarck, uh, showed a lot of talent there and they, they were able to get the win. And I know a lot of people thought it might, might've been an East dominated, uh, year this year. But, uh, you know, Bismarck certainly uh, has had a traditionally strong program. I believe they've won two of the last three, if I remember right. So they're no strangers to the state championship match. And uh, they played very calm and within themselves to get that one. So when you talk about the uh, tennis, uh, certainly you cannot uh, say you can't say that uh, Grand Forks Red River hasn't been dominant. They have been. But uh, Fargo South has had some deep rosters here the last several years. Davis Wally was coming back from an injury this year. He was a part of the team a couple years ago that upset Red River for the first time in quite a while for the team championship. Davis was back again this year and uh, helped uh, Vic Youngs and his crew pick up a championship. I was there and it was really Really fun tennis to watch, especially when it came down to that number two doubles between South and Central. That number two doubles uh, match was very entertaining, and it really came down to that match, and it, it was a lot of good tennis.
1: We're with uh, Tom Mix here with the North Dakota High School Activities Association. Again, media specialist with Brad Anderson, Chase Miller on Prep Spotlight. And, Tom, let's take a look forward here. A couple of state tournaments that are going to be in our own backyard and in Fargo with the Dakota Bowl coming up next Friday, which will be an all-morning to evening uh, affair at the Fargo Dome. And then you got state volleyball that's coming in as well with state uh, Class A and Class B. I know that's kind of been... Venturing between Minot and Fargo. Before we get to that, uh, the North Dakota Activities Association kind of made a change a couple years ago where you're trying to find venues or homes for some of these tournaments. For example, volleyball the last number of years has been in Minot. Sometimes it gets changed. The Fargo Dome has held the Dakota Bowl. Um, I know going for wrestling, the Fargo Dome has done that too. And how has the venues been in terms of trying to find, you know, Class B basketball or Class A soccer and try to find the best home for it? What'd you say, Tom?
2: Yeah, I think that process has been going really well the last uh, several years. Uh, I've only been in the office now two years, but I know that was something even before I got here that they were looking at. I think it's a really positive thing for our state that uh, there's a tournament committee uh, within the office here that – there's a lot of people from around the state that get input with those, uh, where these tournaments are being held and you got to look at where they're performing, uh, better financially there. There's that piece to it as well, but, uh, definitely taking everyone's input from across the state and trying to find the best possible venues for a lot of these tournaments. And it all comes down to venue availability, obviously, but, uh, that's something year in and year out month to month that that tournament is constantly looking at for a lot of these uh, tournaments. And I think their work is uh, definitely uh, beneficial to the fans and then also the student athletes that are competing in these tournaments. They're trying to put these events in a very good atmosphere when it comes to a lot of these tournaments, they have to cycle through between a couple sites because of venue availability, obviously. But there's some where it works out where we're able to host them year to year in some of, some of the same venues, and I think that's positive as well.
0: Tom, uh, it is interesting, I you know, because I say there are certain sports where it just seems like you know the Fargo Dome works well for football, volleyball. You know, you think of might not. Um, you know, obviously the Fargo Dome has had volleyball before, and it seems like it works. Are there still yeah. some sports and still some uh, activities where it's still kind of up in the air? Where there's not maybe the perfect spot or two spots to uh, to host a tournament?
2: It's hard to pinpoint a certain sport, but uh, like I said, uh, it's something month to month. Even mm-hmm. that a lot of these uh, you know folks in our office, but then also on that tournament committee from around the state. Uh, there's a couple athletic administrators that sit on that committee, and they're constantly looking at where certain events might perform better, but then also they take inputs from the coaches, you know, in terms of, uh, they're constantly keeping them in the loop. It's one of those things where it's a changing thing where it definitely is month to month. Like I said, uh, in terms of looking at, looking ahead, I think we're planned out, uh, several years in advance on our website there. And you can definitely see some of the sports are transitioning to those preferred sites. I think, uh, for the most part, a lot of these events are being put in really good venues, and you're seeing uh, a lot of attendance going up uh, in several of these uh, sports, top to bottom. It's not just the premier tournaments that are getting attention, so... Top to bottom, that tournament committee is definitely putting forth some good uh, opportunities for student athletes to have a good atmosphere at their state tournament.
0: Well, I think one thing for sure, just kind of looking at football, I think you're gonna you're gonna have guaranteed really really good matchups here for the Dakota Bowl. I think no matter who comes out of the semifinals this week, it should be should lead to hopefully four very competitive games here. Uh, well, a little over a week.
2: There's a lot of great teams left. There's going to be some good teams that. Uh, Won't be able to get there, obviously, because by the nature of the bracket, two out of the four teams in each of these divisions this weekend is going to make it out. But uh, there's some really interesting games coming up this weekend, and I uh, I, I hope fans enjoy them. I'm going to be tracking them here uh, across the state, but uh, like you said, there's there's a lot of great matchups here, and there's a lot of great teams still alive in this thing.
1: And, Tom, something with, that was a little new for the football this year is in Class A, for example, you seeded the top four teams, and I know you kind yeah. of try to bracket it a little bit for regionals until it got to the semifinals. For example, Dickinson Trinity has to travel to Hillsborough Central Valley, but that's just because Hillsborough's one, Dickinson Trinity is number four. And I know yeah. in Nyman sometimes it's difficult difficult because not everybody plays each other for cross-region games and you have a couple teams that are undefeated but tom this year going with the qrf and nine-man football for example cavalier then we'll get to host Weimar ligua because they have a better qrf ranking here in the semifinals. How how's that been received so far in terms of the coaches this year for this playoff run
2: this is the first year that we use that to determine a lot of these home field playoff games the way we had done that in nine-man with six regions is sometimes the way it works out is there was some teams getting buys and then on a rotational basis year to year some of the stronger teams may not have been getting them. That didn't really change the first round. Uh, I think that's still maintained that cycle. But when it got later in the playoffs, the QRF now is being used for determining home field for those matchups. So if you had a higher QRF rating during the regular season, uh at the end of that regular season, you're seeing some of those teams now having to, you know, they're getting an opportunity to host playoff games where they may not have been later in the year, a couple years ago. And I think overall, I I think across the board, uh coaches were in favor of that because you never know and that's going to impact you. If it does, you definitely want that to be in your favor. You know, in Division A and 9-man, we're seeing that being used uh, in these playoff matchups, and I think it's been positive. You've got really good matchups in both divisions this weekend. I think it's been positive uh, overall. Justin received some feedback from coaches as well, but I think overall it's been really positive.
0: Tom Mix is the media specialist with the North Dakota High School Activities Association. Tom, appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll see it at the Dakota Bowl, maybe state volleyball as well, but uh, good to catch up. Thanks for the time.
2: No problem. Thanks. Good
0: stuff with Tom Mix from the North Dakota High School Activities Association. Really liked, uh, you know, Tom breaking down some of the other uh, state tournaments with tennis and golf and cross country a lot of good stories there that uh, maybe fly under the radar in uh, a lot of places and it's a good place to follow if you're looking for scores and notes and the like Tom uh, and his crew do a really nice job you can follow them on uh, Twitter at NDHS AA as we will uh, take a break here we'll wrap up Prep Spotlight in just a moment we put the wraps on this uh, show for this Wednesday here on The Fan Can we go
1: Good Wednesday, and this is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Hope your Wednesday evening is going well so far. Thanks again to Tom Mix for joining the program. Chase Miller, Brad Anderson, and Brad, let's get right down to it with our final minutes. Here it is, the semifinals of Class 3A, 2A, 1A, and 9 men in the state of North Dakota before the Dakota Bowl coming up next Friday. We'll start in 3A in our own backyard, a game you can listen to right here Friday night. On seven for the fam, Bismarck High, the demons against the West Fargo Packers. Packers trying to make the Dakota Bowl for the first time since 2003 for Bismarck High. They've been no stranger to the Dakota Bowl the last couple of years. They've been runner-ups to Bismarck Century, however. Brad, what do you see in this game between a couple of Gibsons as the head coach and uh, the Demons and the Packers?
0: I think you can take the 41 nothing game from September 1st and throw it away because I don't think it really matters at this point. You know, West Fargo has just come out, and the one thing that's been impressive is they've come out right away and have not been sluggish. I mean, they've come out and jumped out on opponents and we'll see you know Bismarck started with an early lead on that on, on south last week give south credit they had some long time consuming drives uh kept that Bismarck defense on on the on the field for a while but i thought the game changed when they got uh, they got that pick late in the second quarter and scored against the bruins and it's going to be a key can uh, that Bismarck defense be opportunistic and they can they force some turnovers and and win the turnover battle so to speak and then um you know, you kind of wonder about the health of Sprecher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of been, I guess, you know, talking with some of the Bismarck people last week. He had kind of been battling some injuries week to week. He ag- aggravated things a little bit in the second half and didn't play. How much of a factor will he be? And then Madler as well, if he needs to make a play, can he can he do so against that defense?
1: Our pregame show on Friday night gets going at six forty. Kickoff from West Fargo at seven o'clock. Right here on seven forty, the fan, the winner of West Fargo and Bismarck High will tangle with Bismarck Century and Minot High, the winner of that game in the Dakota Bowl coming up on Friday, November. The 10th from there to double a brad uh fargo shanley they earned a bye they'll play watford city after the wolves won over jamestown six to three and the other game will have bismarck st mary's against devils lake who downed Wapitton in their opening round game 43 to 28 a couple players to make note of learn a little bit more about watford city if you're mm-hmm. a fargo shanley fan that is Hogue, 88 and a half tackles this season and jaden ewing 50 tackles for the Watford City Wolves they don't give up a lot of points but Fargo Shanley Brad maybe the most balanced team in class 2a
0: yeah you, you just don't see a lot of teams at that level in 2a and 3a about how they have a great mix of run and pass I mean they kind of have the mix that maybe some some of the top 3a teams do like a West Fargo or even a century and you know w- will the weather play a factor in that I don't know I mean with the conditions on the turf that probably maybe minimalizes things a little bit but Watford's defense has been solid if Shanley much like West Fargo against Bismarck, I think if Chanley jumps out, gets a quick score, maybe a couple of quick scores early in the first half, I don't know if Watford City's got the firepower to keep up.
1: And that's going to be at Sitsichi Stadium on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. A game you can listen to on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM, Fargo-Shanley against Watford City. Pre-game show will get going at 1240 on Saturday afternoon. Again, the winner of that game will take on Bismarck, St. Mary's, or Devil's Lake in the Dakota Bowl. From there, let's go to Class 9-man, Bread, a game that you'll have in Cavalier, Wymer Lidgerwood against the Cavalier Tornadoes, really number one or number two for most of the season in the rankings in the state of North Dakota. A kickoff that'll be at 230 on Saturday afternoon, and we'll We'll have it for you right here on the fan. What stands out for you in that one, Brad?
0: Well, uh, we're Cavaliers offense. is kind of predicated around Austin Erlob for the most part, and they, they they do use one tailback a good bit. You know, Weinmere, just looking at the numbers between Grasto and Churchill and Guy, I mean, they just kind of mix and match. And Harless as well. Why Wyatt Harless. I think it's more than a game manager. I mean, he can make plays if he has to, but he distributes things very well. you got the Vasquez boys on the outside. We're curious to see if Cavalier decides to, you know, will they go through the year? Will they challenge Vasquez as a, as a corner? Will they, will they want to do that? Will they be forced to do that against a Warbirds defense that doesn't as Scott Stringy talked about it last week, when they make mistakes, it seems like they're able to recover very quickly from those. They they don't become catastrophic errors, so to speak. And I think that's just balance offensively and defensively, I think, is enough to maybe get the Warbirds, even though it's a long trip, to go up there and get a win.
1: Uh, Wymer Lidgewood only gave up 16 points in her second-round game against the Rockford Cheyenne and eight points against Mayport CG to Brad's Point. The winner of Wymer Lidgewood and Cavalier will tangle with Shiloh Christian in New Salem, Glenall, and Almont. The runners-up from last year, the Holsteins in the Dakota Bowl coming up uh, next Friday on November the 10th. And our final bracket that we haven't got to yet, Brad, is Class A, Hillsborough, Central Valley. They have to go up against Dickinson, Trinity on a Saturday afternoon. Trinity going all the way across the state in one matchup. The other matchup has Velva against Langdon, More Area, Munich. Uh, Brad, quickly about those two th- two games, what stands out in both of those?
0: Well, I don't know if the Burroughs have seen a defense like the, what they're going to see with Trinity. They've surrendered, I think, what, 23 points, mm-hmm. been a handful of shutouts this year. One thing that's been interesting the last couple of weeks is that the Burrows have fallen behind early. Uh, they did so against uh, West Hope Newburgh. Carrington started fast, got that touchdown early in the game. Even though they've fallen behind, it over the course of you know three four quarters like that, it just seems like the Burrows up front on both sides of the football just I think just wear you down. And that will you know we'll see if that uh, if that proves true again. I like Langdon on the road. I just I just like this team with Delvo at quarterback. Connor Tetros a load at fullback. He's about 5'10", 225 pounds. you got economy on the outside. They were so close last year. I just think they're on a mission. I think it's their year to get to the Dome.
1: All these games, you said it in our, in our start, Brad, all, all eight of these semifinal games are going to be a lot of fun to see. And in Class A the four ranked teams are still left standing. So in terms of the ranking system, they did it right so far this year. Well, that does it for Prep Spotlight. Big thanks to Brad Anderson and Tom Mix and myself, Chase Miller. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to bid adieu, and we're done. We're going to get to the World Series. Game 7, Houston Astros and the Dodgers. That's next on The Fan.